With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Three, two, one. Welcome back, guys. All True Podcast. We have the All True crew here with us today. In front of a live studio audience. All right. We, we got Rodney here with us today. We got Chantel. And we got me, your co-host, Justin. And not not so flattering, right? <laughs> All right, so today we're um, we're on episode eight, right? How you guys feeling? Feeling good, feeling good. How I'm enjoying feel? it. I'm loving this. How about y'all? How about good. you? Absolutely good, good. I'm feeling good. So today we're talking about habits. So our, our episode eight is uh, health and habits. So I um, just kind of do a recap on our last episode about routines. We talked about what routines were. Um, what are some routines that we have when it comes to, you know, life, career, fitness, nutrition? Uh, we even threw a little bit in there about rituals. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah, we talk about routines. Um, you know, we, we, we feel like routines are definitely important when it comes to setting any specific goal. So today we're going to talk about habits. What's the difference between a habit and routine? That's the first question I want to kind of pose. Um what are you guys' opinion on what the difference between a habit and routine a routine is? I think routines, personally, routines are something that people are really aware of most of the time, more frequently than habits. A lot of times habits, people don't realize the little things that they're doing have become a habit. So for a routine, it's something they actively are thinking about the bedtime routine, right? But then habits are the little things that you do on the daily that then contribute to whatever the bigger picture might be that how or why maybe you are or aren't successful. Mm. What do y'all think? I agree with that. Um, yeah. Uh, habits, I guess habits do become routines, I would say. Right. Um, so like you said, habits are things that you're, you're, you're not completely aware of sometimes, but when we do, um, try to initiate, you know, new habits or better habits, um, become more self-aware. I guess those could, you know, later on become a routine. What you got, Justin? Yeah, um, habits. So when I think about a habit, I think about um, something that we, we do, something that we, we subconsciously do yeah. to, you know, to get to some you know, benefit or some end. Um, 
And I, and I, and I kind of based that definition off of a, a couple of books I read, you know, the Atomic Habits, and we'll talk about that later, or the Power Habits, which mm-hmm. is a current read of mine now. I think Chantel, you know, she read that book. Um, but I think yeah. about that. When I think about habits, I think about something that we constantly do with the expectation of an end. What I'll do um, now is just go into the definition uh, of habits or a habit. A habit is an acquired behavior pattern regularly followed until it has become almost involuntary. Okay. Okay. So when we think of habits, you know, if based off that definition is something that, you know, we do without knowing, without any thought. Well, say without knowing, take that back. Something that we do without much thought. All right. So um, going back, and this is kind of to reference the book of habit, and we'll talk about this later, is the habit loop. Um, should tell you probably can talk a little bit more about this too. But basically in that habit loop, it talks about how we, we're cued. Mm-hmm. Um, as, after we're cued, we go into a routine, something that we're familiar with, right. and then we end up with some type of reward at the very end, and that's the habit loop, the cue yeah. routine and uh, the reward. Right. And that's how some people get, you know, in this involuntary trance of whatever they're performing because they have this familiar routine right. that they've been doing after this cue that yeah. led to this fulfillment of whatever sensation you know they want to right. feel. And then if we're talking, we're speaking in terms of working out. We're talking about those endorphins after the workout, yeah. or you know that you know, or, or that feel of the accomplishment after the workout. Right. So. Um, that's basically what the, the habits, the habit loop is. And that's how I, I want to explain that. Uh, what I want to kind of go into today about habits is what exactly are some of our habits, your personal habits, if you could think of some. And um, if you have good habits or <laughs> bad habits in the past that you could think of, because I got a, a trillion I'll probably throw um, on board today. But what are some good habits and bad habits that you guys can think of? I would say a good habit. Uh, for me personally, would probably be I don't drink sodas. Okay, <laughs> so just just no drinking sodas. But bad habits, uh, countless, countless bad habits. One being procrastination. Mm. Um, I would say lack of focus. Sometimes mm. my attention span, I don't think it's is is what it should be. Uh, compared to but that's a lot of us these days you know your attention yeah. span like it's not what it should be i mean that's we talked about in social media episode yeah shortening the attention span of all of us so yeah i think you know a lot of people will relate rodney i know i can with your habits that you say the bad ones like those yeah. you're just <laughs> gotta try to interrupt of procrastination but go ahead yeah so let's stick to that so let's actually so based off that that definition or that you know description of the habit loop right right yep. the cue routine Yep. The reward. What so, cues you to go to that routine of drinking a soda and what is that, that fulfilling feel, feeling afterwards? So I, I don't really do the soda. So I guess like in the past, you know, it was always, you know, you can only have like a soda a day. Mm-hmm. So I never really created a, a, a an addiction or a habit with with regards to sodas. So then it was almost like I was like, OK, well, let me save my day. And I got to a point where I was like, okay, well, I'll save, I'll save my day of drinking that soda. And then eventually it just, those days never happened. You know, I never picked up the soda. So I guess that almost where it became that routine of me trying to, you know, not use up my day too soon of the week that I just, you know, lost any type of craving for a soda. So you saying your, your, your bad habit was drinking sodas. Yeah. 
what started that bad habit of soda drinking? They again? were just they were just always in the available. House. It was like always available, and then that's the way I, I completed dinner. So okay, so let, let's let's dive into that. So you're saying that at the end of the night, when you guys ate dinner, yep, you were cued by maybe. Dinner time. It's dinner time. Yep. Dinner and in your time. mind, you knew that when I'm eating dinner, this routine, I'm eating dinner. Yep. This soda comes. Yep. And then at the very end of that that soda, you feel like, oh, that's yep. good. You know, I feel feeling full, good. feeling good. Okay. So that was your habit loop to that soda. How right. did you? And it sounds like you were you explained how you got out of it. Right. So it was like my mom was just like, okay, well, we're gonna cut back on soda, so you only can do like one soda a week. So. Me, I'm thinking, I was like, man, I don't want to use my soda on Monday. Uh, so it's like, okay, I'll wait till Saturday. Uh, but then I, I would skip it. You know what I mean? So it's like, because I guess by me thinking, you know, not doing it as frequently, then it became where, you know, I wasn't doing sodas at all. That's interesting. That's, I, I don't want to get back too far into yeah, the book. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> so we'll, 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 we'll uh, jump to Chantel. Chantel, are there, are there any bad habits that you could think about in the past and if you want to describe the in kind of the habit loop of how you got cued, the routine that formed that habit and the reward, you know, you felt at the very end of the habit loop. Yeah. I mean, I can relate to Rodney with the soda. I actually never really drink soda, but I mean, there was one time that I was really feeling the diet Dr. Pepper's out of the fountain, you know, and I thought, oh, I can have some. It's so good. It won't kind of catch up to me. And I routinely kind of made it. I would go and get them. But even worse for me, I love Pop-Tarts or sweets or cereal and the things and so i find if i buy it that's how i enter like my mm, so to yeah. start from like q being that once i've had the sugar and i mean sugar is addicting so yeah. i've had the sugar i've allowed myself to be to misbehave in my opinion if you will right. for the way that i typically eat and i go away from the habits that i normally have of eating healthy it becomes quick that i feel like i want that i have that sugar craving mm. like, like it's it's something that I see. So I'm going to, or in, I have it in the house or Oreos. I love Oreos. I would go ahead and I would indulge. Yeah. And I got that satisfaction. I got that reward that I wanted. And because I work, I work out and because I, you know, have good genetics and just in general, sometimes I go through these places where I'm like, Oh, I'm fine. Yeah. Oh, I'm fine. Now I know better. I do nutrition. I coach people through nutrition. I know better, but in the moment that, craving right sugar craving or things is so satisfying that i'm like it's okay it's okay this time it's okay and i have to interrupt the sugar habit the sugar addiction by completely cutting it out and mm. for me and for a lot of people that means not buying it yeah. or if i'm going to do that and i know how i've been through this loop before i've jumped and you know we we, we always we a lot of us relapse in the things that are our vices, right? And sugar is an easy one. And so I'm like, I've seen this before. I know better. I know what to do. I know I need to stop, right? right. right. So if I'm really, really craving something now, for instance, sucker for Pop-Tarts or Oreos, I'll only buy them at the gas station that are in the smaller packs. Mm. And I'll allow myself, kind of like you, Rodney, that one soda, like yeah. I'll allow myself the grace of that sometimes so that I don't go back into that habit loop of yeah. making it a routine. Because if I buy the whole thing of Oreos, I'm going to eat the whole thing of Oreos. If I buy cereal, it's going to go lead to the next box of cereal and the next box of cereal. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Okay. So, so basically you just explain, you know, how you change your bad habit to, uh, you know, a better or good habit. And instead of switching, you know, Instead of creating a new habit itself, you just kind of like said, okay, let me switch up my routine 
Yeah. And then you, you, you change the habit into a better. You got to swap it with something because yeah. we're going to have the cue in some capacity, but like you have to make yeah. the conscious decision and habits are inc- like, they are willpower. Habits are yeah. willpower in a million ways. And so if you can control your mind, which sometimes we have a harder time with in all of us, then the better chance you have to changing those habits and you can control your mind by proving to yourself one little thing at a time that's really not so little and re- and that having that one swap change your routine which then can change trajectories of other routines yeah, and yeah. then that goes into habit stacking which yeah. you know atomic habits by uh, James Clear talks yeah. about and I think is really really valuable but the book that you're talking about you know the power of habit by James Duhigg I've read that now twice and he talks about interrupting that habit cycle interrupting that habit loop yeah, yeah. and putting something else there so that you're still getting something and you're not not just cutting cold turkey sometimes. You know, it's just right. that's not going to lead to a lot of people's success in altering their habits. Before I get into my example, um, and then this is going back to one your example, Rodney, where you're speaking on, you know, how you kind of changed that habit. You substituted the routine of having uh, that soda at the end of the night every night to right. like one time a week, right? Right. Um, and in, in the book, uh, Chantel's reference to the power of habit, it talks about, how you know Tony Dungy as a buck at yeah. the bu- as the Buccaneers nineteen ninety six head coach, yeah. he saw the change in habits, you know, or change in result of his team by switching the habits. Yeah. Uh, basically what he, he said is he doesn't want to create a new habit. He wants to change the old habit. Okay. And so basically what he talked about was, like Chantel says, interrupting that loop yeah. was changing the routine, yeah. but still getting the same cue yeah. with a diff- with the same outcome and just changing the routine in the middle. That's right? true. Yeah. And he was yeah. he, and he talked about how he did that with his team yeah. and he saw a different result. Yeah. He said, "Okay, these guys have learned this entire habit over the course of their lives. There's no reason to try to change it." Yeah. Because it's related to this sport. Yeah. Let's just change the routine and put a put a different routine inside this habit loop and then it should that should be yeah. a result of a different outcome. Yeah. I and I agree with that totally because I I've noticed too a lot of a lot of habits and routine go out of convenience too, yeah. because Absolutely. I just notice, you know, whether, you know, depending on what, what side of town I'm on, you know, like what restaurants around determine the way I eat. Yep. Because, because <laughs> I know I have to drive 15, 20 minutes to get to, let's just say a Bojangles or something yeah. like that. I'm more than likely not going to go. But if I drive past it every day, I'll go and stop and get, you know, like some fries, some bowl rounds or something. So I, I noticed that, like you said, that loop is part of your routine, t- typically. Yeah. And you start creating habits within that that, that loop. So Absolutely. if you're always driving, you know, past a Chick-fil-A, every time you're going to work, come, leaving work, <laughs> you're more than likely going to eat Chick-fil-A. Yeah. You know, throughout It turns week. from one time a week, you know, to two. And he talks about that in the book yeah. as well. Yeah. It's, you know, a lot of times mom, mothers and fathers or whoever, you know, parents, caregivers, yeah. Out of convenience, need that quick, fast food, right? Because yep, right. they don't have any food exactly. at the house. So they grow and they grab it on the way home because the KFC's got the $20 for a bucket to feed your family. And so that's cool. That's convenient. It works. Yes. Well, one time a week turns into what's a routine of every week, yeah. once a week. Yeah. Which turns into now it's convenient to do it on Tuesdays and Thursdays because it's been a long day. Yeah. So that yeah. habit then quickly forms in that routine of driving past the Bojangles or, drive, or whatever restaurant, Chick fil A, yeah. all of those ones that people, you know, love and crave. I mean, there's lines that go onto the street here in New Orleans for Popeyes and Chick-fil-A. Yeah, and yeah. that is, seems to be likely most people's routine or habit. Routine to not bring your lunch. 
Yes. Right. Or routine to bring your lunch and changing the cycle. Yeah. I think, you know, this is a side uh, topic, but I think that book is not only interesting as far as in the inside of habits, but it's definitely a good book to, to, to read if you want to know about advertising. You want to know how to advertise and market yeah. because it talks about these companies you guys are talking yeah. about, yeah. How, how the strategy is to put, you know, buildings in certain places, how, you know, McDonald's Absolutely. are McDonald's keeps the same um, image in all their buildings because they want people to, to recognize right. familiarity when it comes to like their buildings so yeah. they can feel comfortable, cue them to go to this place and get this same, you know, yeah. this, this food or whatever. Yeah. So I think it's, it's def- of habit. Yeah. I think it's definitely in, like, you know, super, super insightful when it comes to advertisement. Yeah. But I also think that and this is something I've been, you know, after reading the book, something I started writing on was how can we go about and creating an anti habit loop or a, a way to break the advertisement that we we're seeing today when it comes to like Chick-fil-A or yeah. all these other things that that have kind of programmed us to, to think, oh, man, when you think of this place, you automatically have this cue and you want yeah. chicken. Right. Right. Chick-fil-A has done a, 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 a um, they put us in a habit loop. Essentially, and uh, hear me out before I go into anything else. Think about this: on Sundays, they're Sundays. not they're not available. Yes, they're not available. Yes. So this mm-hmm. in turn cre- and cre- accuse us to want Chick Fil A that coming week. Yes. Oh man! Every time, right? Every it, it's, time. It's, it's 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 brilliant. It's yeah. genius. We take something away from you because you lo- we've already cued you and, and created this habit loop to where we're going to compound this habit loop to yeah. where. <laughs> We're going to make billions of dollars. Right. It's freaking genius. All right. But you want to say something? No, no, no. I I, I was there because, like, Saturday, it's like, man, I I know I can't get Chick-fil-A tomorrow. And it's like that Sunday craving for Chick-fil-A is so strong. But (laughs) you can't get into Monday. And and the thing is, is, like, these companies have went into the lab and hired all these researchers to figure out, you know, how to create these habits you know what to do to to cue individuals um, when it comes to habits and all that type of stuff or, wh- or whatever. So, I think it's definitely important uh, for us to understand that. What you just said is so important, though, too, Justin. To just talk about how much companies right. invest. I mean, it's scientifically they're studying it scientifically yes. by having rats and animals like, that like go through with certain behaviors. Absol- you know, we've heard of Pavlov's with the with the yeah, dog right. and the reward. You know, we know that that's been studied for a long time and it's still being studied, like you said, for marketing right. and advertising to intentionally target certain areas, certain groups. Right. I mean, when when companies place themselves in cities, like you said, Justin, they're doing it or Rodney, they're doing it intentionally right. with studies of where and how they're going to create the most profit and create those habits for people to that yeah. it's. Starbucks that it's becomes your morning routine and you can mobile order now, which is amazing. We love that. But now it's so easy to just pop it in there and it just becomes the new part of the habit that before you know it, you have just spent yeah. $30, $40 a week at, you know, getting coffee that you could be spending at home. How are you going to, and why do you want to interrupt that habit loop? Right. If you know, it's so convenient. Right. Yeah. And I, I think, and to your point, before I go to my, uh, my, my, my uh, example, you also talked about like changing the cue, right? Like the the cue, changing the cue to form a new habit, and I think that is that's how we can form you know good habits. We'll get a little bit more deeper than that. But my my bad habit uh, is, yeah, I'm like and this is for a while. I think 
for me, stress. Okay. Stress is my stress leads to is is my cue to eating sweets. Okay. And I think this this goes for a lot of people who stress eat, right? Right. Um so when I get super stressed, I automatically think of one thing, a chocolate a oatmeal chocolate chip cookie. That's it. <laughs> so for me, when I get stressed, I'm like, "Okay, Justin, you're you're due for a cookie." I go get yeah. a freaking cookie, and let me tell you how this goes. Like this entire the entire day, it'll go into like I'm actually, I get the cookie, I eat the cookie, then I want something else. Okay. Then I want Chick-fil-A. Okay. Then I, I completely go off the rails, right? Yeah. Um, and I'll, I'll, and I'm stress eating at this point. I'll eat yeah. everything. And obviously that, that reward is that fulfillment of feeling good, that feeling satiating good, right. feel, the sweets, which is yeah. essentially, um, you know, kind of like a drug, um, or even the mm-hmm. saltiness, yeah. which is essentially the same thing. Yeah. So... For me, that's been a bad habit of mine is I get stressed, I go, you know, I go eat sweets, right. which in turn lead to me eating something else. Yeah. Uh, but the way I've, I've, I maintain and manage that habit is under stressing situations, I have an alternative sweet that I kind of eat that essentially doesn't have sugar in it. Okay. So what I started to do now is once I get stressed, I'll go drink a 16 ounce of a chocolate protein shake. Okay. And then essentially my brain thinks, okay, he has, I have sugar, he's good, but it's not, you know, it's some of them are, have artificial sugars in them, but we can get to that on another different, you know, podcast. But for me, so what I do, I I still have the cue stress. I replace that routine with something else, which isn't, you know, something a little bit more healthier, but I still get that feel of something sweet. And I still have the same at the very end reward is I feel like, okay, I just had something sweet. I'm good. Right, right. So that was, you know, one of my you know bad habits that I've been able to manage, and I still struggle with it. And I think it's something that is, is when it comes to stress, individuals, you know, they tend to like just fall to like stress right. eating, right? Right. Justin, so- I love that you just said that because with Rodney, you two, all three of us as coaches and trainers are here on a health and wellness podcast talking about the same vices that a lot of people listening are having to. Because we're just as normal. We have these cravings. We have these bad habits that we get into. Right. But it's so valuable to tell people how you handle it yep. and right. how we can t- make and create that conversation. Because so often I think that we are put on a pedestal of like, oh, you must never eat bad or you must always be this way. And we are so equally human. Right. And we have these same faults that we do in this. We fall off of our routines, habits, and, and how we adjust. Right. I think it's just so valuable to say that. I just I love hearing it from you because – Rodney, you said soda. I said pop tart cereal and other stuff. And Justin says oatmeal chocolate chip cookies. And I was like, we're human, you know. Yeah. We, we, we're all trying to work on it and be our best. And we're not here to judge, but let's just see how we can alter it. Yeah. Yeah. What were you going to say, Rodney? Do you still get that that chain reaction though from the protein shit? I don't. Okay. It, no, I do not. I don't want to go great. eat like yeah, you know, the Chick Fil A. Yeah, salty that's and, it's yeah. dead right okay. at that point. Why is that? Is that so you have found something? No, I was just saying because. Are, are we fulfilling it or are we substituting and just kind of killing the whole chain uh, reaction? So, well, I I think for me, it's killing the whole chain reaction because think about it. And as, yep. as we are, you know, in the realm of nutrition coaching, yep. what it's something we tell our clients all the time. Drink water before, before and after yeah. your meal. Correct. That protein shake is fluid. Yes. So it's some type of fluid, but it also has the sweet, you know, uh, yeah. textures for their ingredients, and it makes you feel like you're eating something that is, right. you know, that's sugary. That yeah. that that you know, you may be craving the oatmeal chocolate chip cookie. At, like for me at that time, right, right. Similarly, I've had cookie dough. I love cookie dough. Cookie oh, yeah. dough cravings. 
But making <laughs> cookie dough with protein powder and some, you know, just water and kind of making something similar with a, you know, cookie dough paste almost with some little chocolate chips. I mean, you know, it has given me the satisfaction on those times that I need and making a better decision similar to you that doesn't feel like it goes into the the boxes on boxes of cereal or or you know what it is yeah i'm a i'm a cereal guy too yeah cereal. dude i haven't had cereal in years but Me i either. love cereal because you know you can't do it right <laughs> but like once you stay away you're you're better but then man yeah. so let's talk about that let's switch okay um how if you know we got we have clients you know when it comes to working out when it comes to nutrition you know everybody has those have those bad habits that they're yeah. trying to get rid of or they're trying to change right, right? So what do you guys think are some ways, and you can even start with an example, to change yeah. uh, a bad habit yeah. uh, to, a, to a good habit yeah. um, or, or whatever? So, so my, my method is similar to what you said. Um, so like of a client, if I know, you know, we're trying to eat healthier, and then they say, hey, I had, you know, Dairy Queen on the way home. <laughs> or, or they typically won't say Dairy Queen. They say, oh, I had a little yeah. milkshake or something. Right. All right. So where did you get that milkshake from? You say, oh, I stopped by Dairy Queen on the way home. So I would say, like, what was that thought process that led to you stopping by Dairy Queen? And then, like you said, that that usually finds that cue from yeah. that day. Yeah. Um, so you find so, the cue. Yeah, we find the cue. And then, typically, I would say, okay, so did you go through the drive-thru or did you go in? Mm. I said, so from now on, if you feel like you have that cue, I want you to get out your car, go in, get in, get in the line, and then order from there. Mm-hmm. That way, more thinking time, more thinking, more time for convenience. You're more intentional with every step that goes to getting that, yeah. that shape. Mm. And a lot of times it forces you to look in the mirror because um, <laughs> I have a good story with my mother-in-law. So one day, you know, it was it was right in the midst of COVID. She came home with Swiss cake rolls. Cause you know everybody, mm. you know gyms were closed, Yo. so she was she was <laughs> so she was trying to do at home workout. So I made her a workout, and I didn't say you couldn't have the Swiss cake rolls. I just taped them through on right. on the box of Swiss cake rolls. I taped her workout, printed it out, taped it on the box of Swiss cake rolls. Nice. That box of Swiss cake rolls <laughs> never was open. Six mm. months, they were just sitting up there. So you know they already expired by then. They're still sitting. They were still sitting up there, and she's yet to. Buy another box of Swiss cake rolls. Wow! Because I know, nice job, bro. Because mentally, she knows it's something left in order for me to get a Swiss cake roll, and that was my workout that I didn't do. But I'm not gonna do the workouts. <laughs> I'm not gonna do the workout. But I know I can't get Swiss cake rolls either. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So people will still make that association. So yeah. it's that if I eat those Swiss cake rolls, I know I have to do this workout, mm. even though the workout isn't there. The Swiss cake rolls aren't there anymore. She can't even go down the aisle and look at Swiss cake rolls anymore. Mm. Okay. Okay. I love that. I like that. That, that wasn't my intention, but it's just the power that she had over herself to know I know it's something I have to do if I if I am to partake in this. Hmm. So I right. but everybody's different. I, I like I said, I had no idea this was gonna happen. I just thought, okay, she'll go do her she'll look at it, do her workout, and then get her, her cake. Her cake. Like she's yeah. basically working towards it. Yeah. You almost changed. with that reward, yeah. Right. Yeah. So I'm 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 cool with the reward. You just have to do the workout. But huh. it turned to okay, I'm not gonna do the workout, but I'm also not gonna get these cakes either. Interesting. <laughs> That's so, an interesting. No, I love one. it. What are you what what are what's an example of something you could think of, Chantel? So similar to Rodney in one way for myself, I have a picture. I think it was 2012. I took it back up in Maine. And it's me in a bathing suit. Um, and I don't feel I look very different necessarily, but it was an old picture I think I had multiple copies of for whatever reason. 
And I wrote on a Sharpie marker in it and it said, work hard and make healthy choices. Mm. And that picture is on my fridge and it's nothing, you know, too risque. It's just a bathing suit, but it's a reminder when I'm opening that fridge or whatnot. Again, I don't usually, I live alone and I don't buy the food. So it's, it's significantly easier for me to stay on track because the food is not in the household. And I definitely sympathize how difficult it is to not touch the sweet things in your house if you're sharing the household with someone like that. Right. But for me, that 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 cue when I see that picture is okay. Yeah, all right. I'm gonna make sure that I make that routine is gonna be healthier. I'm gonna grab the hard boiled egg as opposed to you know whatever might be in there that's sweet that I want to have instead. And that's given me the satisfaction of like, all right, I'm gonna walk away from them and be okay. And honestly, I don't get the reward tangibly or necessarily. The reward is kind of over time of like. I am in control. Yeah. To me, the reward a lot of times is the feeling of control. It's the feeling of, you know, having my mindset be mine and not controlled by food, controlled by right. external other things. It's I got this. I can do this. I've been going going strong and I'm going to continue to do that because it feels good. And I want that as a result. Nice. And, and, and I think it is trial and error because yeah. no two clients are the exact same. Correct. So right. It has to be that learning of that person you know those things that that they're passionate about those things that 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 drive them so almost like like my mother-in-law it's like people they they know so they go ahead and build it in so that's why she never went back and bought another swiss cake roll yeah because you know she still she still didn't do the workout just like she still (laughs) didn't get there on time right but she never bought the swiss cake roll yeah so she didn't get there on time but she still was running right so she learned to like running so i think um I definitely think those examples that we kind of you show definitely help some people out. And I, I know one of the biggest things when it comes to habits is, you know, or bad habits is stress eating. And a lot of people, they stress eat. We have a lot of clients. I'll talk about this a little bit. But we have a lot of clients that work overnight. Yeah. They work overnight. And and what do they see usually during that night shift? A vending machine. Vending machine. Something quick, something easy. And, you know, those habits start to compile. Like just like good habits can, can compound. Yeah. Bad habits can too. Yeah. So I think those overnight, you know, those clients that work overnight, you know, they stress eat. Obviously, they're off their sleeping cycle. Yeah. And it's just kind of like a, you know, a mess for them. Yeah. Um, but I think the biggest thing and the most important thing is starting habits, creating habits, and creating cues. Yeah. Like we talk about, you know, um, in that night shift, you know, what are some cues that keep you on track? You know, first thing first, let's make sure you have that meal before you go into work. Right. Uh, or you have the prep food because you don't have prep food. It's obviously you're going to go somewhere that's convenient Waffle House in the middle of the night yeah. or that convenient um, or that um, vending machine. Yep. So I, I think it's important to to talk more about that. I think stress eating is, is, is real, especially if you, you're working overnight. I think what you guys are also talking about, I want to touch base on before we wrap this up is, and he, like I said, the book Atomic Habits is yeah. habit stacking. So it's becoming part of the routine. Okay. So what your, your cue, you know, you're hungry with, you said your client. Okay. Then we're going to go ahead and do this part of a routine and put our stuff in, in, in the back of the room. But then it's, okay. For, once you do that and you put your clothes out, yep. you're, you're terrible at doing your nighttime routine. You told me you wanted to do a nighttime face routine. Well, now, as soon as you put your clothes out, you go to the bathroom, you do your nighttime routine. Mm-hmm. And that eventually becomes part of a habit that you create and you habit stack. And so I think another thing that's a good advice for people who are listening and for our clients is what is something you're doing bad 
bad, if you will, and you know, this is all relative of how we view things good and bad. Correct. What are things that you're doing that you want to change? And what are things that you want to add? And yeah. so if you're doing something that you don't like to do, pairing it with something that you do want to do, eventually will replace, can replace what you were doing if you kind of put it in on top of, and then you fade out the bottom bad habit, right? Mm. Every time I eat a cookie, I have to go brush my teeth. Okay, well, eventually I'm going to just not eat the cookie because I don't really feel like brushing my teeth or whatever it might be, yeah. you know? And so you, if you can stack those habits and they build and stack on each other, you're going to be more likely to succeed in adding those habits, those good routine, those good routines. And when that cue comes about to be successful mm-hmm. in your replacement. Yeah, yep. absolutely. I think that was, that was my mindset when I was, when I first started out was trying to figure out how to start something, you know, a good habit and then hoping it, it compiled with another one um, and, and so forth. All right. So that kind of wraps up our, our habit uh, segment there. Let's go around the room real quick. Roddy, what's your take on habits? Um, I think it's essential to uh, identify cues, um, and I think that 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 pretty much stems. Well, the cue would stem to the root of the habit, and you know I think that'd be the first place to change when creating new habits or uh, getting rid of or adjusting bad habits. Yeah, Chantel, what about you? No, I totally agree. You just said identify. I think it's self awareness. Yeah. And if you don't have the self-awareness, getting with a coach, like you said, with your clients and stuff and figuring out and identifying those cues that will end up real, you, where you realize exactly where you might be going right or wrong with creating that routine and how we can stack and build to, to adjust and get the different or same reward that we were looking for. Absolutely. Me personally, I, I would say dive into your routine, figure out what, what that routine is, uh, if it can be adjusted definitely um linking to adjusting even if it's changing one small thing um that can definitely change your habit um and just be aware of of what that bad habit is or good habit like Chantel says kind of relative so whatever that is just be aware of the habit but also pay attention to your routines okay so that ends uh that part of our uh podcast and if you have any any bad habits or good habits you want to post or, you know, what your perspective is on that, definitely um, reach out to us on, you know, on our Instagram, the All True Podcast, or you can comment in our um, YouTube video as far as, far as that. Comment, you know, just, just let us know how you feel about habits, if you have any bad ones you want to, you know, talk about or any good ones you want to talk about or you want our, you know, perspective on how we would handle a certain habit if, you know, we had it. And and if you got some cues that we could change, we could, we could talk about that as well. All right. So let's go into our our all-two perspective. We're going to start with deep today or what's what we're starting with? So deep. I like deep. <laughs> let's start with deep. And we're going to end the podcast after this game with some questions from our listeners. So. I always get so excited, but also nervous. Yes, Chantel. That's rapid fire. Rapid fire. That's what I was looking for. Okay. Rapid fire. Here we go. All right. Summer Summer Olympics or Winter Olympics? Summer Summer. Olympics. Summer Olympics. Winter. Why winter? winter? Quick, quick, just I just think that some of those snow sports are just absolutely insane. And they're so, so fun to watch. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Name name your best or worst Halloween costume of all time. I don't think that applies to me. 
I was I was scream one year. Scream? Yeah, you know that scream mask and then big is your gal. best or worst? Big gal. Uh, I guess it's my best. Yeah. I, don't I think- would say mine was uh Selena, uh the singer who passed. Oh. That was a lot of fun. I created her and um I've got the little you know, little Latina look with it and I really think I pulled the costume off like <sighs> Almost flawlessly. I put glued every sequin on by one by one. So I guess maybe it was the time. I don't think I ever dressed up for Halloween. Really? Ever. Even <laughs> this is a good one, guys. All right. College. Totally worth it or a waste of money? Waste of money. Totally worth waste it. Waste of money. Okay. Explain. You're the opposite. Totally worth it. Because because it's a, it's a wealth of knowledge. So if you go into it with the right intention, so under the right circumstances, so... I don't think anyone should be paying for college. I think you should only go if you have a scholarship or if you have some type of fellowship. But I don't think you should have to go into debt or anything else to get college. But it's a wealth of knowledge. So you're talking to experts in those fields, those areas, and you're learning from them. So it's relative. Yeah. I was thinking the same because it's an investment, you said, but relative. Yep. Both of you with your PhDs, though, an interesting kind of perspective on why yeah we can go back into that later i would love yeah. to oh, dive into 100 that yeah that's yeah that'd be good i think that's what we're going to go with to our next series yeah uh education in our- all right if if you don't go through a rebellious stage as a teenager does it screw you up later in life Ooh. if you don't go through it i say yes if you don't this is rapid fire honestly yes i think yes some people are fine i think as another relative some people are just really good freaking people. <laughs> I'm like, no, I think you do need to be rebellious, but there are some exceptions. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's a good, that's a good question. It's something that you think of. You can't do rapid fire on that one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Would you rather look like a supermodel until age 40 than age terribly or be average looking until age 40, but age well? Average looking until average. Age, average. Yeah. average looking, uh, age yeah. well. Supermodel. Rate your social media savviness on a scale of one to ten. One. I'll say two. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Six. Six. I struggle. Six. Six. Above yeah. average? Okay. Yeah. I think I've had to become a little above average recently. Whoa, <laughs> here we go. If a man asks a woman on a first date, should he pay? Yes. Yes. I believe so. This is, yeah. Yeah. If a woman, if a woman asks a man on the first date, should she pay? Oh, that's a tough one. I think it. I think it should be offered to at least. When the bill comes out, she needs to make an effort to uh, to, to grab the bill. And yeah, I can discuss whether you want to split it or not. If he wants, if he feels that way, other. I don't I think it should be expected. Should the bill sits on the table that he has to grab it. She should pay. I think she should pay for her own, and he should pay for his own. Okay, so go Dutch. I saw. Yeah. Okay. I saw a funny comedian though, and it was she's talking about women. She was dating another woman. She's like, we're both sitting across the table, like, she's like, well, it came down to her boobs are bigger. <laughs> like, oh that makes me about the man by or the man by default. Oh, it was too funny. Oh my but, God. Yeah. Interesting when you talk about same sex. Yeah, but that's, that's another topic. <laughs> On a scale of one to ten, how spontaneous are you? One. No, I take that back. That was too quick, too rapid. <laughs> too rapid. <laughs> <laughs> I would say I'm probably like a three. Spontaneous. I'm a nine. 
You're I, nine. Yeah, she's she's a. Oh yeah, yeah she's one hundred percent. I think I think I would be like a. One. Yeah, one. <laughs> <laughs> you need to be in control, and I'm like, nah. Yeah. Oh, okay. In the end, which matters more, nature or nurture? In the end, I would say nature. I say nurture. Nurture in the end. Yeah. Okay. I think nurture. Nurture. Uh, gosh, that's hard. That's a tough one. I guess. I guess. People are born fucked up. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> so that's nature, but I'm also like nurture. People get messed up by bad nurture or yeah. lack yeah. of nurture. Okay. Imagine this. You're 15 years old. One day you wake up to discover that you have the ability to see into the future. Do you look into the future to see see who your rom- your future spouse romantic partner will be? See how many kids you have? See if humans ever eat, meet aliens? Learn the fate of humanity. Yes or no? Do you look into the future? Yes. Yes. I'm 15. You're 15 yeah. years old. Oh, 100%. I want to say see, yes to see everything. As a <laughs> At what age do you think people peak, peak with regard to intellectual ability, physical attractiveness, life satisfaction, openness to new experiences and ideas? 30. So let's, let's do one, one, one at a time. So intellectual ability, what you think? Intellectual ability? Yeah, what age do you think people are peak? I say intellectual ability. I say probably like 70, 65. Intellectual ability? Peak? Yeah. Yeah. Nah. I have to say like 45. They they peak 45? Yeah. Okay. So physical attractiveness? 30, 40. Say 40? No. 35. 35, I say about 40. 40. No, I'm on like 25. 25. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on the down. Well, I'm on the Because well, women, uh, this is maybe just women. Women are more attracted to older men. So men are usually peaking at an older age. That's how I see it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But women, on the other hand. Count, Justin. It might not even be what you're <laughs> <laughs> I see what you're saying. Well, well, maybe, maybe, uh, okay. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Conventionally, though, we're talking about societally. They're kind of answering that way, yeah. 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 So life satisfaction. Do you think you peak? Hmm. I think I think your goals change as you get older. So yeah. I, I would probably say probably like sixty. Sixty. Sixty, yeah. seventy. Take it thirty five. Thirty five? Well, because you are not craving you don't want yeah. that many things that early. I say I say like fifty, sixty. Yeah. Yeah. I say fifty. That's what I would think. I see what you're saying there. Okay. Okay, here we go. Okay, now here. <laughs> Openness to new experiences and ideas. What what age do you think people peaked? Justin's I, still waiting to peak. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> new experiences and ideas. <sighs> it's kind of tough because I, I like I like Chantel said. I think <laughs> age you get woke. Yeah. <laughs> like thirty ish. You think thirty? Oh. I think you're open to more. I at think 30. you. Yeah, that's what I was saying. I'm thinking. I know older people, they don't want to do anything different. So like 70, I'm saying they don't tell I think them anything. I, I personally think 40. I think 40? 40. I think 40 is when you close off that little cap of curiosity. You're like, it's done. I think I know everything. I'm right. But peak, though. Yeah. Peak is. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So peak your openness to new experiences. So this is, this is the, the highest you'll ever get with new experiences. Maybe 30, 38. 38? 
peak age. I mean, because because you're not doing much when you get in your forties. But we're not there yet, dude. I know, but we just assume. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So let's think about people that are in their forties outside of celebrities. If you think of your uncles and aunties in their forties, what were they doing when you were a kid? Yeah, you're right. Probably See, I'm thinking you got you know you have kids at a certain age, and I feel like when you're forties, depending on our parents' age and whatnot, when they had them, that was those kids were painting the. Yeah. In the ass brat age at like teenagers when you're like yeah. in your 40s. So I'm like, shoot, I don't know. I feel like your 40s are miserable if you had kids too, like when you were younger because you got teenagers in the house, personally. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but if you don't, well, you're great because you got money and you got, you've got to figure it out a little bit more. So, yeah. relative? I say maybe 50. 40? 50. Maybe, 50. Maybe 50. I, I can see 50. Yeah. Those are pretty good, though. Oh, my goodness. They weren't. By the way, these are the ages at which we supposedly peak, peak according to science. Hmm. At seven, we peak in learning a new language. 18, we peak with brain pro- processing power. Hmm. 22, we peak at remembering names because I know I don't care about a name anymore. <laughs> Life satisfaction peaks at 23. Hmm. Muscle strength peaks at 25. Yeah. Finding a partner peaks at 26. Running a marathon peaks at 28. Bone mass peaks at 30. Playing chess peaks at 31. Remembering faces peaks at 32. Salary, women, peak at 39. Hmm. Making a Nobel Prize winning discovery peaks at 40. Got plenty of time then, buddy. Salary (laughs) for men peaks at 48. Arithmetic skills peak at 50. Understanding people's emotions peak at 51. Life satisfaction, again, peaks at 69. Hmm. (laughs) Vocabulary peaks at 71. Happiness with your body peaks at 74. Psychological well-being. What? Hold up. Happiness with your body peaks at 71. Like, tell me I'm going to be happy with my body at 71 than I am right now. Right. Oh, shoot. Come on now. Maybe. I don't know. Well, it's the the peak age. It's the peak age. That's the highest. Yeah, that's the highest age you get and and you're still happy with your body. Mm. See what I'm saying? So it's not you're the happiest with your body. Oh, okay, okay. You see what I'm saying? It's the highest age you are when you don't even care anymore. Ooh, okay. You see what I mean? Yeah. Maybe. So I not you're know. you're at the happiest with your body. So it's after just, that, you just kind of like yeah. After that age, you don't really care anymore. It's going downhill. <laughs> right. It's going downhill. Yeah. <laughs> so you probably your body's probably already. Man, I've been answering these peaks all wrong. Me too. <laughs> so, so you guys are answering them based off of where, where you feel like that multiple, multiple the optimal the top. Some of them, I guess, kind of are, though. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and psychological well-being peaks at 82. Okay. Interesting. Most people don't even see that age. So you never <laughs> psychologically sound, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here we go. Some futurists predict the automation will cause massive societal disruption um, as AI and robots put millions of people out of work. Other futurists predict that automation will lead to an explosion of creativity, art, and expression. They believe that with robots and AI doing most jobs, people will no longer have to work work for a living. Instead, they'll be able to pursue their passions and work on whatever they want, whenever they want. If you didn't have to work, would it be easier or harder to figure out your purpose in life? Is that a question? Yeah. If you didn't have oh, to easier. work. Oh, easier. 100%. Easier. You'll know exactly what your yeah. purpose is. Yeah. Yeah. So we're all on the same page with that. Go deep on this one. Go deep. Does everyone have a purpose in life? 
Yes. Does everyone need a therapist in life? (laughs) 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 What? Does everyone have a purpose in life? (laughs) (laughs) That too. Mm. Does everyone have have a a purpose in life? I I think we could get into higher powers on that one almost. Yeah. Um, I would say yes. I I feel as long as you're on the earth, there's a purpose for you. Uh, I feel as long as you're still breathing, as long as you're still walking, that there's something, you know, the work work still need to be done. I agree. And I think that not enough people are in pursuit or know their purpose, though, or even have an idea that they have that deep and that real of a purpose for this planet. Yeah, I'm kind of indifferent. I'm okay. kind of a part of me is exact. It says exactly what you guys are saying, right? But the uh, the researcher, the scientist in me is saying we create our own purpose. Okay, and there's no hey, you know, you are on this earth to do X, Y, and Z. Okay, um, and I think that part of me is like, nah, we, we're we're creating meaning. Since we create meaning mm-hmm. or make sense of things. You are you can create your purpose. You can say, "Okay, I did that. This is what I'm going to do, and this is what I'm do. This is what I'm doing." You know, that's how I see on that side of thing. But I okay. also see that, you know, when we are born, there's something that is put forth to us to do, to to accomplish on this earth, right? Um, which is more on the spiritual side, right? So it's right. I'm, I'm kind of conflicted with that question. Okay, for sure. All right, we're going to go through this five series. Well, we'll go through the six series. All right, and speaking of work, should we genuinely love our work or is work just well work? Should we? Should we genuinely love our work or is work just work? If you have to work, I think you should do the best you can to find something that you enjoy and you'll never work another day in your life, quote unquote, people say. And I felt that genuinely, I felt that in times in my life that I've done something I loved and I didn't feel as though it was as much like work. But if I didn't have to work, damn right, I'm not working. I think work is just <laughs> I'm work. I'm going to go adventure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think work is just work. I don't, I think it's, it's almost like, yeah, ideally we want to love every aspect yeah. of it, but at the end of the day it's work. Yeah. You know, yeah. Work, work is something that's, that's whether it's training, whatever, whatever it is, it's not always fun because it's a necessity for survival, right? right? Yeah. Or, or necessity for growth and whatever, whatever aspect that is, whether it's financially, whatever it is, true. Growth is always not even, you know, something that we always love. Great. It's, it's like you said, it's a necessity. Next question. We're almost doing with those a series. It's a, in 2016, <laughs> actress Sophia Vergara was sued by her own frozen embryo. Embryo. What? Okay, in 2016, actress Sophia Vergara was sued by her own frozen embryo. How? <laughs> or more accurately, Vergara's ex-fiance, Nick Loeb, sued her on behalf of their frozen embryos. Mm. Loeb wanted to implant the embryos in another woman. In the New York Times opt, Loeb laid out his case. A woman is entitled to bring a pregnancy to term, even if the man objects. So shouldn't a man who is willing to take on all parental responsibilities be similarly entitled to bring his embryos to term, even if the woman objects? These are issues that, unlike abortion, have, have nothing to do with rights over one's own body and everything to do with a parent's right to protect the child 
of his un of their unborn child. I don't even want to try to get into answering that. That is so complex. Here's a question here. So should a man have the right to bring his frozen embryos to term if the biological mother doesn't want to use them? I say no. Who's who is who is carrying? Nobody's carrying. It's just frozen. He yeah. can, so you could technically. It's got to be brought to term. It's got to be brought to life, though. Right, but you. So well, he's oh, implanting in just an, another another woman. woman. So they they ever the man Ooh. and the other woman are down with it, but it would have to be with a different woman. The embryos that Sophia and the ex created together. Mm, so let me get it straight. The ex wants to bring the frozen um, embryo to to you know to life. Yeah, um, and another woman. Yes. And the the card is asking is what's the what's the card asking is it is it right should or? a man have the right to bring his frozen embryos to term and if the biological mother doesn't want to use them no no that's that's her egg that's his like it's just, it, unless you're a in a donor bank with that open conversation to say like this is going to be okay to be in someone else. When it comes to that, I don't think that he has the right in that sense, nor does she. So both of them have to be on the same terms to bring embryos. I believe so. I would would say ideally that would be the case as well because... I think I know the follow-up question, too, to this. I don't think this one has a follow-up. Okay, well, I'm posing the question, like, what if the woman is pregnant and the guy doesn't want that? But that's what they're saying, but it, it, it has nothing to do with the woman's body. So if she has to carry it, then she's responsible. You said no. You saying they shouldn't. You can't do it. You shouldn't do it. I'm I'm kind of on the fence with this one I'm, now I'm, I'm, because <laughs> because like because he could some be other woman to have my egg inside of her. Yeah. Without my permission. Yeah. That's where I feel like we go wrong. Yeah. yeah. Your embryo with your choice with another woman of who it goes into. Different. Yeah, no, I, I I see that because if if it's still the joint embryo, that's the joint child. So that means you still taking her embryo away, so she can't use it unless there's consent. You know. Yeah, so it's almost like you have to. Send if it's consensually, say, hey, can you can I can I use your egg and our our embryo with this? Because I was really hoping to have a baby that you aren't ha- hoping to have anymore with me. And if I'm comfortable wow. because I, that's how our relationship is, and maybe so, but if I don't, then I'm I should be able to say no. That is, yeah, that's that's yeah. I don't know. I, I, I science, science, and uh, procreation. Sometimes, let wow. me tell you. Yeah, <laughs> that's a tough one. That's a tough one. Yeah, so I say do paperwork, guys. If if you're if you're thinking about doing something <laughs> like this and the relationship doesn't work, torture p's and do q's. All of your legal paperwork to make sure you know you 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 stay out of this situation. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Here we go. Give us a good one. That bring us to the end. <laughs> Imagine this: it's the year twenty one hundred. And humans can now build robots that are perfect clones of real people. Literally, the robots looks and act like the real people they're imitating. A month ago, your sister Samantha passed away. Samantha was your only sibling and best friend. And you're terribly, terribly lonely without her. One day on a whim, you decide to buy a robot clone of Samantha. When the robot arrives, you're shocked. The robot really does look, act, and think like Samantha. You start spending time with the robot and find yourself forgetting that the robot isn't really her. 
As long as it makes you happy, doesn't matter if you're hanging out with the robot Samantha versus the real Samantha. Samantha's past, right? Samantha is past. So yeah, it doesn't matter. I don't think it matters if she's dead. If it makes you happy uh, in whatever way, yeah, more power to you, I guess. Yeah, Yeah. so I think we're all on the same page. It doesn't matter if yeah, it's gonna be strange as hell when those things do exist. So hopefully, I'm not around. I'll be honest. All right, this is our last one. We're going deep now with Robot Samantha. All right. So Robot Samantha has been programmed to feel emotions, think, and dream exactly like a human. If she can do all those things. Is she pretty much a human or is there something about humans that she'll never understand or be able to experience? Yes. She'll okay. never be a human. She'll never be a human. And she would never be right. able to understand. Yeah. Because one thing she doesn't have is the fear of death or the ability to die. Yeah. So mm, great so point. The ability, great point. But what if they, what if that is programmed in Samantha? Like what if, what if they do like this coding does have a fear of consequences, fear of, you know, remorse and like that changes things though. Yeah. Because I mean, I think so. I think there's so many situations that you can't program for, but maybe they could. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, we don't even know, you know, our full complexities and you know, how deep we can actually, you know, tap into emotions and feelings. Like we don't know our own driving factors. True. So maybe you can simulate, you know, some of those, what we call human reaction, human behaviors, human fears, because not all people respond to fear the same way. Correct. You know, you right. have fight or flight. So maybe it's maybe it is just a, a, a sense of just randomness. Yeah. Oh yeah. So that's something for everybody to think of. So, there is. There so is. Are we are we robots? That's the last question? No, that's me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> talking about whether like birds are real or not and and, you know birds are just got you know government with cameras and people out there with the conspiracy theories all over are we real is it it just this complex algorithm that's just just navigating around us i don't think so but maybe you do all right let us know your thoughts people who are listening what are your thoughts on some of these that really struck you too what are some things that you thought maybe your age group where you where you peak on certain ones or what are your differences? I'd love to hear from some of the listeners too, what they what they think on some of these perspectives. Right. Yep. So yeah, guys, let us know your thoughts. Um, so let's end this uh, let's end this uh, this segment. First I wanted, you know, to finish up with some questions from my listeners. Um, the first question is we'll go around the room with this guys. What are your favorite books and why? Chantel, you want to start with this one first? What's your favorite Sure. Book? Brene Brown is my favorite author. She is a leading shame researcher on shame and vulnerability. She mm-hmm. was a professor for a long time at the University of Houston, and she is just brilliant, in my opinion, in her conversations around vulnerability and shame. And so Daring Greatly is an excellent book where I started from her, and she's got quite a few of the power of vulnerability power and um, mm-hmm. books that she's written that I really, really enjoy. So I would say... To quickly answer rapid fire that anything by Brene Brown is a high recommended, highly recommended from me to learn about yourself and others around you and how we are conditioned um, to respond sometimes. Rodney, what, what about you? What can you think of? I, I would say mastery. Uh, Robert Greene. Um, mastery. And it's, it's after the 10,000th hour. Um, and, and it, it pretty much displays just a series of, you know, well-known, um, individuals, uh, historic times. So we have like Beethoven 
just just individuals, but it also shows that conflict. It shows like the conflict with uh, superiors. It, it shows a lot of real examples that I feel like we can all relate to today and understanding what it really takes to master something and not not just get to a state of understanding, but that level of mastering, you know, situations, mastering, you know, sometimes your own ego. And it's, it's, it, it really allows you to step outside of yourself, you know, no matter how phenomenal you are in, in, in whatever realm, whatever specialty you have, it's still another level that you can tap into to really get people involved. So, it, you know, a lot of, lot of the, the, the series, you know, were around just pretty much you can't do it alone, mm. no matter how much you think, you know, you can't do it alone. And, and that's, that's really the key. I mean, and if you, if you're creating a beautiful masterpiece, you still have need to have an audience to see it and appreciate it. So we have to remember. Interesting. That, effort, that, that masterpiece to truly be yeah. masterful. Interesting. Yep. I think for me, I think I, I will go with two. One is the success principles by, I think it's Jack Canefield. Um, and basically mm-hmm. that just talks about, you know, the principle, the principles of success, success, I think, you know, more than just diving into success, it talks about a little bit about habits and, and, and um, you know, things that can help you reach whatever goal you want to reach. Um, and I think the other one would be thinking fast and slow. The reason I like that one, because it it explains a little bit more in depth of, you know, what we do, you know, just in, you know, intuitively and what we do, like, you know, if we actually actually go into thought about things so i want to say so the fast thought or the the you know the slower thought the one you know and it talks about the system system one is basically the fast system system two is basically the, uh, the slow system but basically it goes into how we are you know as human beings processing things and reacting to things when we can use system one over system two or system two over system one but for me it, it kind of helps give more perspective of you know the process of thought yeah and I think that's definitely important. So if you want to check that one out, that one's by uh, Thinking Fast, Thinking Slow is by Daniel Kahneman. Uh, it's in my queue of reading. It's I'm actually got about ten more days left to listen to my audiobook. Yeah. I'm looking forward to reading it. That one is it. that I'm one excited. is good. I, I go back and reference that one like all all day because it, it okay, talks about good. the process of thought. But um, yeah, so if you guys are interested in those books, definitely you know pick them up. Amazon has all of them. The last question I want to get out from our listeners local is: local bookstore also has them. Let's peep those. <laughs> yeah, oh, absolutely. Uh, don't forget about the bookstore. <laughs> the last one is: has there been a book that changed your life uh, or your way of thinking? I think for me, I would say thinking fast and thinking slow. <laughs> Master for sure. So okay, so those books are something that impacted us. What about you, Chantel? I would agree. I would agree. And actually, I will say this one. I'm looking at it right here next to my stuff. Um, the power of the subconscious mind, mm. of your subconscious mind, by Joseph Murphy, is a really, really good book to um, digging in. Sorry, I went away from the mic. To digging into um, what we're not, our subconscious, and what we're not thinking about, and how the manifestations really begin nice. there in the belief systems that you have within your thoughts. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that reminds me of like I forgot the book is called The Secret. Um, yeah, it's one of those books that a lot of books reference and basically like the manifestation, you know, the you know thought process. Okay, cool. So guys, I def- love it. Send us more questions. We 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 definitely would love to answer your questions. 
Um, and if you want to submit those questions, submit them on our uh, Instagram at All True Podcast. Uh, don't forget, like and subscribe to our YouTube page. We're trying to grow that. Um, definitely do that. If you want to put some comments at the bottom of the video, do that as well. Um, if following up on all the social media platforms, absolutely. TikTok and Instagram. Yes, following training and well at Coach Chantel for myself. If you want to find me. Love to hear you. Absolutely. So if you're looking for, you know, you want to talk to Coach Chantel, definitely find her on her uh, Instagram or any uh, platform. And if you want to, you know, kind of talk to me and Rodney and or, you know, you can contact us on All True Podcasts or Training Well, like Chantel said. Um, but other than that, guys, we, we are that's it for this episode. Um, thanks, for jo- thanks for joining us, guys. 